Hello, listeners. Here's a bonus episode of my sermon that I delivered at Foothills United Methodist Church in La Mesa, California on Sunday, March the 12th, 2023. It's based on John 4, 5 through 42, in which I will uh, read the scripture and then go into um, the sermon that was recorded as it was delivered. So I hope you enjoy. Sit back, get comfortable, and open yourself to receive the word that God has for you today. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sikor, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, can ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I get will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. 
When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I tell you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The last time I preached on this passage was three years ago. March 15th, 2020. I was at my previous appointment and I knew it would be the last time that we'd meet in person before taking a little break. (laughs) Two week break, they were predicting. So I incorporated terms into the sermon that had already inundated news communications. Terms like social distancing, self-quarantine, and mandatory quarantine. Terms that aren't so new to us anymore. Terms that we don't want to hear anymore. The woman at the well had been practicing these terms, probably not by choice. Now, what we are told about her in the beginning of this passage is her gender, religion, and ethnicity, things that would make her an outsider from the start. 
And the other things we know about her before her encounter with Jesus are based on assumptions. Because she comes to the well alone at the hottest part of the day, we assume she is ostracized from her community. The well was a social gathering place and usually a communal activity. Women would come to chat as they gathered the water. It was probably the highlight of the women's day when they would catch up on the community gossip. I mean, it certainly takes water cooler conversations to a new level. (laughs) They usually gathered water in the evening or early morning when it was cooler. Because gathering water from the community well was a hard chore. So doing hard labor in the hot sun was probably not the woman's choice. She was social distancing in a sense. But we don't know if that was by choice or by forced social construct. Now, men would also use the communal water gathering time as an opportunity to select a potential wife, since there was a large gathering of women to choose from. But this woman was not part of that community, quarantined in a way. Because she was alone, gathering water at a time when her community didn't normally gather water, we make assumptions as to why she was ostracized from her community. Now, coupled with what Jesus reveals about her marital situation, we assume that everyone in her community knew her marital situation as well. Perhaps she went to the well at noon to avoid the judgmental glances and the gossipy whispers. She went when no one would be there so she could do her work in peace. Perhaps they told her not to come when they were going to be there at the well. Perhaps she wanted to avoid being hassled by the men who would continue to treat her like merchandise. Now her reputation was not a product of her wrong choices, as some scholars have said. She was powerless. She didn't get to choose whom to marry in this culture. She was used as a piece of property and then tossed aside when the men were done with her. The community, men and women, treated her the same way. She was quarantined from her community. I mean, that would explain her surprise that Jesus was at the well when she was and that he actually spoke to her. But she doesn't know it's Jesus. She just sees a Jewish man, a tired and thirsty stranger sitting by the well. So often, we don't recognize Jesus when he doesn't live up to our expectations. We don't see Jesus in the needy stranger 
who asks for a drink of water. Now we often read this passage as we're the thirsty ones who need Jesus living water, and it's true. But we often overlook that Jesus is also thirsty. He's human. We all get thirsty. Humanity is always thirsty for the divine. But notice that Jesus cannot satisfy his thirst by himself. He didn't have the right tools, no water jar or bucket to collect the water. And then this woman comes along with the right tools. And so he asks her for a drink. I mean, maybe it was just a conversation opener. Maybe it was just a way to reach out to her because she was coming to draw water and had a water jug. Maybe it was an opportunity to use something ordinary like water to teach about the extraordinary living water. Nevertheless, he asked the woman for a drink. Jesus sees her value and her potential. He doesn't look down on her or shame her or treat her like an outcast or a victim. Jesus encounters the woman and gives her the opportunity to see the face of Christ in a stranger. She points out that this is a mind-blowing move because of the many barriers that Jesus is crossing. And she's processing it all as it unfolds. But there was something that happened during their encounter that caused this woman to tell others about her experience. The very people who treated her like damaged goods. I mean, there was something, a turning point in their encounter that compelled her to tell others. Now, maybe it was because Jesus knew everything about her and still treated her like a person of worth. Maybe it was because Jesus' living water gave her something no one else could. And maybe it was because she finally recognized and realized that she was encountering the Messiah and not just a Jewish man by the well. When we encounter Christ, there is something that bubbles up within us that we can no longer keep to ourselves. It can no longer be contained. It just spews out of us and compels us to share it with others. Even those who have harmed us. Because when we encounter Jesus and know that we are encountering the Christ, Christ brings healing to these situations. The very people who shunned her actually listened to her 
God's hand had to be in that moment. She becomes part of the community again and even becomes prominent in Jesus' ministry. The people credited her testimony for being the vessel that brought them to Jesus. When she excitedly runs back to the village to tell them, she leaves her water jar behind as if she becomes the water jar, the container of grace. Jesus is thirsty at the well, and we are the ones with the bucket. We are the buckets, in fact, that collect and contain Christ's living water that is given to others. We are the vessels that pour out this living water so that Christ's thirst is satisfied. And when we tend to the human need in communities and in the stranger, we are tending to Christ. And we are tending to our own need as well. The woman at the well came to the well to get well. She didn't know that there was even a cure for the burdens she was carrying. She was busy going about her day when she came across a stranger who turned out to be Jesus. Through her encounter with Jesus, she received living water that made her well, that brought healing to her life. Now, we hope that our necessity of social distancing and quarantine will continue to be lifted and never come back. But those things actually come naturally to us. We have all been the woman at the well when someone or a group have distanced us. Or maybe we have distanced ourselves out of shame, guilt, or self-preservation. Or maybe a group has distanced us. But Jesus is waiting for us by the well to make us well. I will close with this poem by Steve Garnos Holmes titled, Living Water. You are not dying of thirst in a desert, searching for the magic well of salvation. It is within you. Take the jug of your soul to the place where it is filled. When you get there, sit. You know where it is. A shrine or a meadow, a holy book, silence or a song, or kneeling with someone in need. Listen to the voice in the silence, the song in the water, the blessing pouring out of the moment. Let it fill you, soak in, sink deep, it does not pass, but becomes you. A spring opens up in you. 
that for which you most deeply thirst wells up beside you from deep beyond, eternally present. There is a place in you where God bubbles up into the world. Build your house near that spring. Drink deeply from that source. Abandon your past to other muddy holes. Let your life flow with this living water. Weather or a thief can take the water, but not the spring. The water is not yours. Let it flow. Others are thirsty too. Draw from that well. This is life. Amen. We now have the great pleasure in hearing Lori Habel bring an offering titled, Come to the Well. And we invite you to bring your own offerings to God during this time of worship. And if you'd like to give online, here are the ways to receive electronic gifts, or you can drop them in the, the basket in the narthex. Come, Jesus is waiting at the well. Come and receive the living water.
God of living water, you are sitting by the well and waiting for us. You are tired out by your journey to get to us. We come, and when we first see you, we don't know who you are. Yet we engage in conversation with you, and you offer us the very thing that we've been thirsty for. Living water that goes beyond our physical thirst to our spiritual thirst. Water that satisfies our longing for a place of belonging, a place where we are included and valued for who we are and not ashamed for what was done to us. Just as the woman, we have come to the well to get well. Your living water washes us clean and nourishes us and gushes up inside us until it overflows out of us for all the world to see. Thank you for waiting for us. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you for making us well. Amen. 